I'm Rebecca with Clinch Powell, uh, our new our new podcast, which is Dollars and Cents with Clinch Powell. And we are excited today because it is Child Abuse Prevention Month, the month of April. And we wanted to have a really good conversation about, you know, what's really happening for children and what housing instability, the impact of housing instability has on the children, because we all know that they're our future and we want to make sure that we have the great information and great resources for families with children. So I want to uh, introduce real quick my co-host Stace, who's here on the screen with me. And Good go morning. ahead, Stace. Good morning. Good morning. You know, we talk about that word, housing instability, and it's a yeah. big word, right? You know, it's like one of those buzzwords that people talk about, housing insecurity, food insecurity. But what does that really mean? You know, when we talk about, well, there's housing instability and people need this, but let's 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 really talk, right? So mm -hmm. we're talking about children that are living in cars. That is housing instability. Absolutely. This is not a buzzword. This is a reality. And I know, mm -hmm. Rebecca, you had some experience in mm -hmm. a situation that wasn't exactly ideal housing. Yes. Yeah, it was um, my daughter's 20. My youngest is 26 now. But when she was 15, I found myself we um, were our housing. We had some housing instability issues and. The only place I could find that I could afford at the time ended up being with a slumlord. Uh, he, you know, the inadequate flooring, uh, one of the windows was broken. He wouldn't replace it. The water was cut off all the time. So I was in a really tough situation, either facing homelessness where we would be unhoused completely or living in this type of situation. This was in an urban area in Ohio, but wow, like what I've learned now about the Just Tennessee Justice Center, I would have loved to have known if there was something for me back then. Again, that was 11 years ago. It's long before I knew about housing and fair housing and all the things that I know now. But so I'm really excited to learn and to share with our viewers and our listeners and our subscribers to about what the Tennessee Justice Center does and how it can help families that are experiencing things similar or facing those housing instability issues with your children, with their children. So uh, Asia Porter is on the screen in the be beautiful magenta shirt. And then Shana Watkins is also with us. And we, uh, so hi ladies, how are y'all, how are y'all doing today? Good, how are you? Great. Well, yeah, I'm great. I'm here and the show, and the show must go on. <laughs> it's actually not feeling so great today. So we're going to push through, but I, yes. I, I just have to say, ladies, you know, listening to Rebecca's story, I'm sure you hear stories like this all the time. The question is, is so many of us, we are a paycheck away from housing instability, from housing insecure, from, from being homeless. I mean, let's, again, we're just going to talk real, right? We are mm -hmm. a paycheck away society. And I can't imagine thinking about what am I going to choose? I've got a child with special needs that needs medical attention, Mm -hmm. but I can't afford rent. So how do I do this? So that's my question to you, Miss Asia, Miss Shana. What do we do? Who do we call? How do we start? And what kind of resources are available? Yeah. So this is unfortunately a story that I have come across multiple times. You have children who come from loving families, from parents who want to do their best, want to take care of them. The reality is that providing health care for a child with special needs is no, is no easy task. And without the proper support systems in place, you do get put in that position where you have to choose. Um, and so TJC, first and foremost, and what my job centers around is getting children health insurance. No child should be facing housing insecurity just because they don't have health care. 
Um, there are a variety of programs available for children in the state of Tennessee, um, especially those with disabilities. And so our first point of action would be getting you on health insurance. Um, and then next, if you are, for example, a child with disabilities and you need a facility placement, things like that, um, we have options where we can look within the state of Tennessee. We have some clients who we've had to find placements outside of Tennessee, um, but we are firm believers that, you know, you should not be unhoused. You should not be moving, living in a DCS office. You should not be living in a hospital just on the basis of needing health care. I'm going to back you up right there. I don't mean to jump out, but I'm going to back you up right there. Living in a hospital, living in a DCS hospital. So you are telling me that children are living in hospitals? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it's gotten better than it used to be. But yes, we have had parents um, who have disabled children come to us and say, I have been trying for years to get my child who has disabilities into a residential care facility and nobody will take them. And they're being advised to surrender the children to DCS custody. Now, mm. not all of them do. And those who do, not all of those children end up in hospitals. But that's the that's the point that families are facing is that they truly cannot get their children health care, which is crazy because these are families who love their kids, who want to do their absolute best. They just need a little bit of support. Wow. Wow. So yeah. Shana, so I would say I have a child with disabilities. I'm at the point where I just can't afford to, to feed my other children and pay the rent and, and be able to do these things. So I call you, what happens then? Well, you're going to connect with someone like Asia or Asia herself, our client advocacy team. And um, that client advocate will open a case for you. And then we'll look into your eligibility uh, for uh, a Medicaid category. And, and in this state, that's 10 care. Um, and we'll try to figure out a way for you and your family to qualify for free or really low cost health care so that you can devote your time, your attention and your resources to getting housing and 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 other absolutely essentials. You know, and we don't think about that, right? You know, you have somebody and they're expecting and everybody's excited. And then all of a sudden your life is suddenly changed because your child has this disability that maybe, you know, you didn't know of until I've, I've mm -hmm. had friends that, that had a child and they did not know he had a devastating heart issue until he was born. Mm -hmm. So no preparation at all, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they were literally saying, where do we go? How do we do it? Because there, it isn't something that people really talk about. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is again, a family that had other children and they're trying to juggle everything. And you see the GoFundMe's, you know, pop up, which is a lovely, lovely thought, but that really only is a temporary fix. And I think, yeah. and, and please correct me if I'm wrong. The key here is equitable uh, medical care. I mean, we, we've got to make sure that everyone is entitled to getting themselves well. Yeah. And, and I think one challenge is uh, you just mentioned it, Stace, and that is that we're, we're going along all happy-go-lucky until something befalls us, something that threatens all of our other resources. So, you know, keeping in mind this, this affects everybody mm -hmm. and it's not just vulnerable, lower income families. Um, because Say as, that as you one can more take, time. 
Say that again, because I think that is so important what you just said. This affects affects everybody. It makes everybody vulnerable, no matter what your tax bracket is. Um, Because like you were just saying, Stace, you just you just don't know what what um, things that what medical conditions you might be dealing with uh, when your child is born or down the road. I mean, uh, you know, not to mention accidents and um, you know, I, I had some friends growing up who, um, the, they had daughter and son and the son was in a horrible car accident and, um, and he now has to live with one lung. I mean, he's, he's in his forties now, so he survived and he's healthy, all things considered, but they went bankrupt because of all of the medical bills. Um, and, and they were also in a court case because of the accident. So they were just, there were a lot of expenditures and, and there wasn't enough coming in mm-hmm. to cover all of those expenditures. And and who among us doesn't relate to that in some way? I mean, because you Absolutely. like, like you said, Stace, we're, a lot of us are just one or two paychecks away from um, catastrophe and your, your medical bills can really, really, really mount up and very mm-hmm. unexpectedly. So it's, it's kind of a challenge sometimes to get people to think about this issue proactively instead of waiting until something happens and tragedy befalls us and then all of a sudden we have to figure out how to do that and that's that's a that's an emotional moment so it's a really bad one to be having to deal with uh finances as well right and i if i could if i could and i think that point that it's not just for low-income folks that's why we wanted you guys on here to get this word out proactively and to get the word out that it's not just in West Tennessee. Folks over here in East Tennessee, they're hardworking. Mm-hmm. You know, they pay their taxes. They have income. It's not like they're just, you know, living off mm-hmm. social services. A lot of times people think that, and and maybe you all are addressing this. Maybe we can speak to this. How are you addressing that? Um, this is only a service for poor folks. How do you address that? How do you let people know that it's for everyone? Yeah, well, I think that our biggest message is that Everybody needs healthcare. Healthcare is something that you cannot run away from. It's something that you cannot, you know, pay your way out of. And I asked one of my clients last week, I said, what's the biggest health issue that you're facing right now? And she said housing. And I thought that was so interesting. They're so integrally, integrally connected. Yes. Um, and so, you know, if healthcare is touching everybody, so, so is housing. And so you really need to be thinking about them both. Mm-hmm. And especially the cases that I see where it does touch every family in every tax bracket is when it comes to caring for a child with disabilities. We Mm -hmm. have clients who, if you just looked at their income alone, you would think they're doing just fine, Mm -hmm. but you don't know if you're going to have a child with disabilities. And that requires a lot of care, especially if you have a child who requires around the clock care, you may not be able to Mm -hmm. work anymore. We have plenty of clients who find themselves in that position. They say caretaking is a full-time job. I can't, go out and work anymore like I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think having, if we could get people to really, like you said, think proactively and advocate for putting these support systems in place mm-hmm. so that it's not this retroactive, oh crap, I don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. And you know, there are no, there's nowhere to turn, there's no help. Sure. Sure. I'm gonna throw out one little tip if I can. And I see this, I'm a certified head housing counselor. And one of the things that I see in housing is when I look at that credit report and I see that there's some medical collections on there. Yeah. And this goes for any for anyone. If you find yourself in an emergency room, most hospitals have a charity program. Hmm. Please 
kids, when you get out of the hospital and you're stable, call that financial services office. You may be surprised because depending on where you live, I know Vanderbilt's threshold is extremely high um, where a lot of people can qualify for that because when you start looking at co-pays, even if you have medical insurance, those co-pays are going to kick in. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's my little tip of the day that if you find yourself in a hospital, please check out that financial assistance. And I think that there is almost, and, and unfairly, there is a shame attached to not being able to pay my bills. I should be able to pay this. And I, I pay my bills, but all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I mean, I was in the emergency room a couple of weeks ago and I just saw my copay is over $800, $800. That's wild. And, and wow. I'm like, okay, so I've called the business office and I've made my <laughs> payment arrangements, you know, but it, it is a thing where it's like, this is a, an expense I did not budget for. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what tax bracket you are. When you have an expense, all of a sudden that you were not expecting, you need to prepare. And how do you go about it? And people are afraid to ask. Yeah. Yes. So Excellent. I, Excellent point. I appreciate that you are being proactive and you're getting the word out and, and connecting, correct? So when I come to you, you're going to connect me with those other services and here you can talk to for housing and here you can talk to for maybe caregiving services, that kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So there are some issues that we will handle directly in-house, but if there's something like if there's a very specific housing issue that you need handled immediately, we may not help with that very directly. Like I said, we'll help you get health insurance, but we can absolutely refer you out. We have a great network. Shane is a part of our networking and outreach um, team. So we can absolutely put you in contact. We can give you phone numbers. We can make a referral if necessary. We will definitely work to get you the support that you need. Yeah. So it sounds like you provide case management services. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So you walk, you step people when they come to you, you, you do what you can do immediately and then stay with them along the way. Exactly. And you'll be assigned to one um, client advocate who though we are like, I get a lot of child cases and pregnant women. So mm-hmm. if you have a child, I, you know, I know all the services that, that could be available to your child. We have other client advocates who specialize with elderly clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can really tailor our knowledge to you to best assist you. And like I said, if it's something that is outside of our capacity, we have a, um, a vast network and we can put you in contact who can help you. I think and, and the Tennessee Justice Center. Oh. Sorry, I was just saying, I think we could just talk about this like all day long. It's just like my yeah. mind is going like like this right now. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Shana. Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's quite all right. I was just going to mention that the Tennessee Justice Center also has client advocates for nutrition, mm-hmm. food, food supplements. So uh for folks who are just want a helping hand or they uh, are having trouble accessing SNAP benefits. Mm-hmm. or TANF or um, WIC. Uh, mm-hmm. We have folks, we have another team of client advocates who help specifically with those nutrition benefits. So I just mentioned that because of course that is going to be a huge concern for people who have housing insecurity as well, because uh, along with housing insecurity comes all of these other insecurities. And I think food insecurity is probably, you know, one of those most pressing ones. Yes. And we definitely see that in the rural communities that we serve. You know, a lot of times when I first learned about food insecurity in my work was in an urban setting. You know, you only Mm -hmm. have you only have corner stores or that don't have fresh fruit and vegetables. And that's when it started. But if you think in the rural communities, 
it is miles to get to a corner store, yeah. you know, and then you have the transportation insecurities. So as you can, anyone listening, you can see they're all interconnected. Someone's banging on my door. <laughs> they're all, they're all, there's a, there's a little baby in my house. My grand, one of my grandbabies. So, um, that's okay. I've got my can... canine, I got my canine doorbell <laughs> going off right now. Right, so. <laughs> but, you know, to think of it in a rural perspective, because most of East Tennessee is considered rural. And so when you deal with those food insecurities, Security. So do you help people with that transportation in, you know, to get to the store is, do you have resources or referrals that you can help with transportation in the areas that you serve? So I'm admittedly not on our nutrition team. I'm not knowledgeable about that oh, area. Okay. Um, if it's a service available that DHS provides, DHS is the organization that, you know, evaluates your eligibility for food stamps. I'm sure that our team can help work with that. I just don't know if that's something that DHS okay. provides. Yeah, thank you. I know that's something that comes up all the time, like you're saying, Rebecca. So mm -hmm. the the chances that our nutrition team is not going to have some kind of answer to that question are probably pretty slim. They because mm -hmm. they 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 hear that concern all of the time. I bet. I bet I bet they do. Yeah, and it's just a it's an ongoing entire, issue. I'm sorry, you cover oh. the entire state, correct? Correct. Correct. Hmm. So any of us can can reach out to you. Yeah. Correct. Yes. So what, um, so we've talked about insurance, health insurance, insecurity. We've talked about housing and how there's a strong interconnection there, transportation, food insecurities and things. What else? Like what, what do you want other, everyone to know about the Tennessee Justice Center and what you provide to the state of Tennessee? Yeah, I'll just make a little push for Medicaid expansion. <laughs> That's um, okay. At least for health insurance, a lot of the sports we're talking about you can only qualify for them if you're one, low income, and two, you fit into a very specific category. Mm. Yes. I yeah. actually, this happened to me. This is a true story. Laid off, 2008, had good income at the time, boom, nothing. Our COBRA was going to be $1,300 a month, and I have mm. a disability. I have a an actual disability. I went to try and get some kind of medical assistance, and I kid you not, they looked me in the eye and said, get pregnant. I said, are you joking me? I have no job. Get pregnant. That's the only way we can get you medical. I believe Crazy. it. Yeah. Unless, unless you are pregnant, a child, disabled, and has to be a very, like, yeah. Yeah. disability, um, or you are a caretaker for children, you mm -hmm. be a 40-year-old who's not pregnant, who's not disabled, who doesn't care for children in your house, mm -hmm. but you have no job, you have no income, mm -hmm. they will not help you. That's not enough, at least in Tennessee. In other states that have expanded Medicaid, that would be enough because they mm. just look at your income. Yeah. Um, and so that's just another barrier. Everybody should have health insurance. Everybody needs health care. We all have bodies that we need to take care of. Everybody needs food. Yeah. These resources should not be this hard to access. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so if you could... I just want to make that plug. And the plug that I will make, uh, and I know Asia is really on board with this one too, is uh, awareness that 10 care is returning like Saturday <laughs> has returned to um, annual renewals. So if you are currently enrolled in 10 care, you will sometime in the next 12 months get a packet to your whatever address that 10 care has on file for you 
and that packet needs to be uh, filled out and returned within 40 days um, and and in order to to maintain your coverage. Now, uh, folks who are who are experiencing housing insecurity or experiencing homelessness are especially vulnerable to not yes. receiving their packets and then getting kicked off, maybe not even knowing it until they yeah. go to use the healthcare. Wow. So we're we're particularly concerned about people who are in transition between addresses or are experiencing homelessness. The best thing that those folks can do is sign up for a 10 Care Connect account. And we have a really wonderful video on YouTube that Asia actually narrates uh, beautifully, and it shows you how to uh, how to apply for TenCare online. But at the very beginning of that video, it shows how to download TenCare Connect, and it's an app, and and you can also go to their website. But you can create an account there, and that way you can receive your notifications electronically. You can look at your address and make sure they have the right address for you. Um, there are many things that you can do there that um, really kind of preclude you from having to rely solely on physical mail. Wonderful. Wonderful. That And that's perfect because that was the question I was going to ask as you were talking. I was thinking, okay, so what if you don't have that? So perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Well, ladies, I know we could talk, uh, you know, echo what Stace said. We could talk for hours about this right. topic. We at Clinch Pout, we love the children. We understand the children are, they're, they're our present, they're our, they're our future, they're everything. And so we, you know, uh, our vision is that everyone has housing, safe and healthy housing, that everyone has access to an education, that everyone has access to food, clothing, and shelter, right? Yeah. And these are the... These are the medical, basics of life. Medical, yeah. medical, yeah. medical. And medical. Yes. And we all deserve that. And, you know, ladies, um, we just we just really want to appreciate you for your time, the work you're doing. Before we go, though, how can they connect with Tennessee Justice Center? To connect with the client advocacy team, you can call mm-hmm. 615-255-0331. Mm-hmm. Or you can visit www tnjustice.org. That's TN, like the abbreviation for Tennessee, tnjustice.org. And there is a um, tab on that, on our website that Mm -hmm. says um, something like need services, and you'll go to that, and then you can fill something out, and then we'll call you. Wonderful, wonderful. Fantastic. And don't forget here at Clinch Pal, we are on all major social media platforms, except for TikTok, because we can't dance. So you want to know more about it? Big for yourself, Stace. I can dance, okay? So I'm not on TikTok because I can't dance. But look over, but is not yet on TikTok. But you can always find us online, clinchpal.net for any kind of housing um, information that you're looking for. You're looking for low-cost home loans. Hey, I'm your girl. So make sure you check us out, clinchpal.net. Give us a call. You can reach us at 865-828-5927. Miss awesome. Rebecca, I'm tossing it back to you to finish this up, girl. Finish it up. All right. So uh, we, again, we appreciate this conversation. If you have more, if you have needs or, you know, folks across the entire state of Tennessee that have these specific types of uh, issues going on in their lives, regardless of their income, connect with the Tennessee Justice Center, with Asia, with Shana. And we, we're really excited uh, for this podcast. We're excited that you all uh, joined us today and we're very grateful. So stay in tune, uh, folks. Uh, subscribe, share. Like Stay said, we're on all the major platforms. Share and subscribe this podcast so we can get the word out, even uh, outside of the Tennessee borders. All right. All right, ladies. Thank you so much. And we'll thank talk you. Thanks for having us. Thank you so okay. much. Uh-huh. Bye-bye.